Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Check out a trial of their service and get a free audiobook download by going to audibletrial.com slash watchoutforfireballs. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro video games podcast extrasode. Yes. And this week we are reading your responses to Indigo Prophecy. Um, yep. yep. In the last week since we played it, Cole, have you forgotten it and wanted to play it again yet? Yes. I actually started my, my first playthrough. I'm about a third of the way through. I actually really like it. Yeah, yeah, that makes that makes sense. Um, just keep, just keep, stay the course. You'll be okay. <laughs> okay. Do you have yeah. about like three hours, uh, maybe in a couple of weeks, to talk about it? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. I'll just, I'll pretty much just kind of like get a, a soundboard of, of this episode. <laughs> so if you just, just, just me, just, just like, I can't believe it. It doesn't make sense. David Nothing Cage. Is, yeah, David, 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 David Cage, David Cage, David. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hammer. <laughs> what did Alan say, Gary? Um, Alan says via contact. <clears throat> when I think of Indigo Prophecy, the first thing that comes to mind is the claustrophobia level with Carla, one of the best levels I have played in any game ever. The second thing I think of is that you should not take the pills and alcohol together because you will drop dead right away. An important life skill taught to me by a video game. Don't do, drug, do drugs or drink. Never both. <laughs> a big stumble in this game is the third act of the story in general. Between the internet being an old lady who wants to control you and a Mayan priest who somehow missed his calling to play Neo in the Matrix, <laughs> it's a mess. I feel like Carla really craps out at the end, too. She's interesting for most of the game, but at some point she just decides that she wants to fuck the criminal rather than catch him. <laughs> oh, and have his baby. At least Tyler had the good sense to leave the game before things got down. That's not true. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, I think the game would have been well served to make you play through just as Lucas instead of switching off. Like, play through as him, then unlo- unlock the police playthrough with the decisions you made being canon. Uh, it would be harder to remember where you hid stuff, and you wouldn't feel conflicted about uh, protecting Lucas versus hunting a killer. Overall, this is a bold and experimental game that failed as often as it didn't. I've never played another Quantic Dream game, but from the extra sode about heavy rain on the level, those are called bonus levels, Yes, um, it seems that they learned some lessons. I have a soft spot for it, but it's hard to recommend it as a classic. It's weird that you would listen to that without having played the game, but I yeah, cannot tell is... you to listen. I can't tell you how to listen to our shows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Other than thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, interesting. The idea of doing it as a Lucas playthrough and then a Carla... That's an interesting idea. I feel like the game would have got so wearying, though, without the Carla Tyler stuff to break it up. Yeah, true. Like, add that plus it being a better game. Cool idea. Like, the, yeah. like make that game where, like, mm-hmm. one playthrough you're a serial killer who sets the cannon, and then the second one is you are people investigating it, mm-hmm. and you do that kind of, like, ledger domain where you, you know, hide stuff and the player doesn't know where you hit it. Stuff. Make that game. Heavy Rain cool does it better. The, yeah? Yeah. 
Yeah. That's a, that's a cool idea. Yeah. It does something really similar to that, actually. So it's yeah. weird to <laughs> it's weird yeah. to see these and not be able to be like, wah! Yeah, it, that's a cool idea. It doesn't excuse any of it, but that's, yeah. that, that, is, that, that is my response. Um, Jeffrey Lawton via contact says, uh, usually we don't say the whole name, but if we say Jeffrey, everybody knows it's going to be Geolaw. Yep. G unit. Uh, yeah, and if you joined our Facebook group, you'd see his full name. Yes. So, true. Like all of these, like most of these people's Facebook, their full names are probably available through that. So true. I came into Indigo Prophecy blind with absolutely no idea what to expect. After being more enticed by an opening scene than I have ever been, I had high hopes for the rest of the game to be crafted with just as much care. With a few notable exceptions, this wasn't the case. When the police officer knocked on Lucas's door, for example, and I had the sense to hide my bloody shirt, but experienced the same moment of horror as Lucas when the officer made a move towards the bedroom and I remember my bloody sheets. Aside from a few choice moments like that, the game felt largely like padding to me. I can't say it was a bad game, but Indigo Prophecy is full of flaws. Quick time events were annoying and repetitive, especially the apartment attack. Amen, brother. Uh, there wasn't enough feedback, and half the time it wasn't even clear what the event was for. And the strength checks can go straight to hell. The plot was strong enough in the beginning to carry me through to the end, but uh, as strong and unique as those opening minutes are, uh, the end is disappointingly generic. Also, I'm perplexed that it has Maya, that was Mayans all along. Uh, given the allusions to Germanic mythology, Odin is depicted as blind in one eye, as is Bogart, uh, and is associated with ravens. Huh. Mm -hmm. Indigo Prophecy uh, was worth uh, the time it took to get through it, even though it left me wishing that somehow the potential of the first few minutes was realized. I I should have caught the Odin. I should have caught the Norse stuff. So good on you and bad on me. Yeah. Yeah. That's a real game crutch kind of thing. Because, like, uh, what is it? Uh, Max Payne does it. I'm yeah. playing Alan Wake. Alan Wake's doing it. Yeah. Final Fantasy That's, does it all the time, too. Yeah. Well, Final Fantasy is different, though, because they kind of take a grab bag of world religions. Yeah. It's not a central unifying thing. It's just, like, you're also going to have Shiva mm -hmm. and the same thing you have, you know, Norse ba mythology. Yeah, so, and everything, yeah. Yeah, they just take everything. So that's more of like a, just kind of a blender. But video games tend to have this kind of unifying Norse thing. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, like it's it's. Uh, you're right. Yeah, uh, the, uh, <laughs> you are correct. We didn't talk very much about those strength events. Um, Not really. We did a little bit. Like they they're frustrating. But I found myself, and I realized that we didn't talk too much about like the dialogue uh, as like an interactive mm -hmm. thing, and partly because it just stops happening. Yeah. Um, and some of those strength things, like, you know, you talked about the internet one being one of those strength challenges and being harder. Like, I would appreciate that to break it up. Like, at this point, if I'm just pressing buttons to press buttons, it makes just as much sense for me to tap as it does to do Simon. Mm -hmm. Like, and I could probably concentrate more what's on the screen while tapping. Right. But what's know? happening on the screen is always you just going, ah, yeah, ah, struggling. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Samuel says via contact. <clears throat> I was really ready to write a bunch of stuff about Indigo Prophecy, but then I got to the first stealth level, and I remembered why I gave up playing the game and just watched uh, Chip Cheesum stream it for the first time I played it. So I only have five quick points. <laughs> Even if you already own the game, buy it again on GOG, because it's the uh, AO-rated version of Fahrenheit, and if you play the game past Chapter 2, you're really only playing it to laugh at it. So you may as well get hilarious action figures mashing together-esque sex scenes. <laughs> um, I love how the life bar in the game measures depression and never goes above neutral. It's like David Cage really knows me. <laughs> um, 
The point of every David Cage game is to make the player characters use the bathroom, not wash his or her hands, then interact with as much stuff as possible. Um, I did it in Indigo Prophecy. I did it in Heavy Rain. And I'm looking forward to making Willem Dafoe and Ellen Page touch stuff with pee hands in Beyond Two Souls. Um, a lot of games have disappointingly, disappointing or bland endings, and Indigo Prophecy at least has the decency to go all the way into kung fu fighting the internet levels of nonsense. Five, I busted up laughing when Lucas answered the phone with his name. <laughs> In conclusion, Indigo Prophecy is pretty much unplayable, but at least it paved the way for Heavy Rain and The Walking Dead, which are both worth playing. So, good, good job, Sam. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep. I'm surprised you didn't say that, Cole. Yeah, like, me that too. That sounds like a Cole point. Me too. <laughs> like, I, I, yeah. I was just I was taking so much delight in pissing in front of people that I did that <laughs> I that, that it, yeah. that it, it short circuited my uh, you know. You, nature. you don't play video games to do the same thing you do in real life. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, which can you know, wash your hands religiously after urinating. <laughs> yeah. How? Why is that weird? Why is it it's weird not, to wash not, your hands after you piss? It's not weird. I'm just saying, but the, you, you instead you choose to oh, pee okay. in front of people, which okay. you don't do, presumably. De- defensive, um, defensive, yes, yeah. defensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. There is some some DNA between this and The Walking Dead. We yep. talked about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Which, like, you know, it's hard for me to completely hate anything that led to The Walking Dead yeah. because I love The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> and finally, James Robinson via Facebook says, "As most of your comments are going to say, I feel Indigo Prophecy starts out strong and quickly fades away plot wise." Hmm. He's prophetic. Hmm. Yeah, my yeah. prophetic. So have, yeah, How so, many people so, did you kill to get that knowledge, James? <laughs> what are your crimes? Uh, <laughs> the amazing beginning scenes, rooting the game's events in a real-world murder you don't remember committing, uh, where the hero and the player don't know if Lucas is innocent. Uh, the game then proceeds to slowly pick these strands apart. Uh, Lucas discovering that since the murder, uh, he, uh, has begun to possess enhanced speed, strength, reflexes, uh, as well as the emergence of telekinetic abilities in temporary flight is bullshit. Also, as far as I can remember, you can't really use these powers for anything apart from QTE flight sequences. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. fight sequences. Ah, both, both are, yeah. yeah. Uh, plus, both in the, are. <laughs> plus in the QTE, uh, I used the glassing, uh, over eyes technique, ignoring all that's going on and just reacting to the prompts like a button pressing lab rat. Uh, this makes you miss the whole context of why you are mashing these buttons. I think that's what you get with David Cage. He sets up a fantastic mystery uh, story rooted in believable worlds, uh, then spoils it by adding something that changes the wor- that world's rules. It's like if Dan Brown wrote The Da Vinci Code and then right at the end had the protagonist walk into the Vatican City, uh, magically shooting evil priests with beams out of his eyes. Mm-hmm. These, uh, a common thread in all these responses, and this was what I thought, before I played it again, is all these people talking about, oh, it gets shitty at the end, oh, the mm-hmm. last third. Um, that's not true. Right. Like, I really feel like this gets, it's, you know, probably gets gets shitty halfway through or earlier. Yeah. Like, it is not a game that just dies at the end. Mm-hmm. Like, it is a game that has a good beginning. Right. So you can define this based on what it does right, and rather than it kind of starts sucking. Yeah. It's a game that just starts okay. Yeah. So. Yep. So thank you, everybody, for responding to that. Uh, as of this uh, recording, or as, as of the time that you're listening to this, rather, you still have time to respond to us regarding Final Fantasy VII, the first half, yep. uh, up through disc one. You can do generals and, and stuff, too, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And you can do that at duckfeed.tv slash contact, or go on to the Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash watch out for fireballs. 
Yeah, and it will be uh, th- those comments will be less uniform. Yes, than these. <laughs> like that will probably be significantly more uh, controversial. Yeah, than this, I would say. Um, yeah, so thank you for responding. Please continue to do so, um, and stay tuned for some uh, off-topic stuff and deleted scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Umbasa. Umbasa. <laughs> Can I say two quick things about, uh, about about chapter three? Yeah. First off, I love how sad Lucas's fridge is. It's oh, like yeah. a carton of milk and that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it's and, real bachelor. And, yeah. And also never consent to a police search ever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do it in the game, in this game because I had everything hidden. Yeah. I was trying too. to throw them off my, my trail. But, but, but uh, that's just I, a PSA. You know, I, don't, I don't know if I, I agree with that because it's like <laughs> – Anymore, and I'm not just trying. I'm not trying to get topical, <laughs> yeah. but that used to always be my thing. Like, yes, they don't have the right to do it, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I trust cops to, you know, not do things they don't have the right to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, like what's the <clears throat> like if I antagonize you know a police officer until like I you know I get <laughs> murdered, like who wins? Even if <laughs> yeah. I'm right, yeah. You know, so true. I don't know. Like, like I don't, I don't have very much faith in that system, and not just because of like, you know, Cole. I don't know if you've heard of Trayvon Martin, <laughs> but I just recently <laughs> read a Yahoo News article, and I've got a lot to say about I it. I have a like, lot of opinions about this. Yeah, it's not just that, but I've <laughs> I've been feeling that way for a while. Is that yeah. like. You know, that it is kind of like a powerlessness mm-hmm. thing. And also, you know, as somebody I've worked in law enforcement, the um, there are people who take that job who have an attitude where any affront to their authority is worth punishing. Right. Like there are people, you know, the kind of nightmare version of cops you imagine do exist. Yeah. And it's like the luck of the draw whether you get one. Mm-hmm. So it's like I don't know if that's worth risking. Like if I literally have nothing to hide and a cop comes up and he's like real suspicious and I've been screaming through the night. <laughs> like I don't I don't need to get, you know, beat up yeah. over <laughs> over something like that, I don't think. Yeah, I don't need to get my teeth kicked in because I'm right. Yeah. You know, I don't know if that makes me a coward or what, but don't, don't I, uh, going to meet his friend Billy. Yeah, Down exactly. At the club. Yeah, join the club. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if I need to join the club. I don't want to get hit with anything. No, no. like by anyone. <laughs> so essentially, you know, let alone something designed to knock people's teeth out. Yeah, so. and especially when I have no, so little faith that justice would be carried out in the end. Like yeah. I could stand on that principle, and <laughs> what could happen? You know, I could get murdered and become into a news story that polarizes people into good works. Yeah, I'm not willing to sacrifice myself for that. No, no, yeah. Anyway. But, uh, anyway. Can you think of it? And I keep putting you in the, the spot with everything that like immediately comes to my mind. Can you think of a game that does the opposite? Where like it, <laughs> it, it lures you in with this world ending threat and then you stay for the characters because something personal happens to them? I mean, Walking Dead, maybe. I don't know. Like, there's like the world is so that's like a post apocalypse. Yeah, that's kind of that's thing. pretty that's pretty good. Like, yeah. that's a pretty good example because by the end you're not playing to save your life or anything like that. You're playing because of the relationships. Yeah, that's a good example, and that's why it's like our game of the. Year. You know, that's why it's so fucking good. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, how about um, have you seen have you seen that uh, what is it like Viscera cleanup duty or whatever it is? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's it's the aftermath of the Space Marine battle. Yeah, I, <laughs> I like the idea of that game a lot. Yeah. No, it's not at all. It's just it's <laughs> you just want that in the show notes. <laughs> not not um, really. It's just like, yeah. but it, like it just kind of like it, it is that weird subversion where like you are playing what would be the aftermath of any other game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. It, it it lures you in with this grandiose kind of concept kind of thing. And it's like, oh, yeah. what I'm doing is really mundane. You know. In it's, in the it, RPG makers, like get on that. <laughs> like I, I would be really interested in a game that like, you know, the world ending threat is the beginning, and then you have to deal with the fallout 
mm-hmm. and it's a role playing game. That's a yeah. great idea. It's like, like somebody somebody take that. It's like you already with the fabled set of equipment and all of the gems to unlock the, the the gates, but there's one final town that you go through, and then it turns into like this Twin Peaks murder mystery. Where it's just kind of like, oh man, there's this one last thing, and that's the bulk of it. And then like the credits is you walking off to the final to the gate. So they, it's I, like I want them to get to the fireworks factory. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna do a uh, when I first had RPG Maker for my PlayStation, mm-hmm. I wanted to make a role playing game with a reversed um, like power curve. So you start off as your end end game equipment, your dragon crest like armor and stuff, mm-hmm. and then you get some kind of curse where you become less powerful. And you have to leave from the final dungeon and go back, mm-hmm. but you get less powerful at the same scale the enemies do, and then but so everything remains a challenge. And then the end boss is you're just a human, and the end boss is a cow, <laughs> and like there's a cow that you have to fight the same way I would have to fight a cow and would probably have a really hard time killing one. It's the <laughs> it's the portrait of Dorian protagonist. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, hmm. well, yeah. I don't know. So. Um, so. <laughs> Thank you for showing up. Welcome to Indigo Prophecy. This is my friend, the dummy. I can't remember the dummy's name. Yeah, it's something Zippy. French. Yeah. <laughs> the Zippy. Le Carl. <laughs> Le Carl. Um, <laughs> I heard that if you go to an In-N-Out burger and you give them a secret wink, they'll give you the Le Carl. <laughs> you know what? I, I worry about sanitation with the Le Carl. Yeah. Yeah, and also it's for mature audiences, which is why I would go to the La Carl Jr. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, they've got a ball pit at La Carl Jr. Yeah. But not yeah, the kind do. of ball pit you think. That's a terrible idea for a ball pit. Somebody has drawn that, right? Let me let me Google testicle pit real quick. <laughs> oh, no. Don't do that. There's a pit from which no testicles can escape. Uh, did I mean testicular pain? No. <laughs> um, so I see ball pits, and then I also see testicles. Mm. That's it. Actually, I have very few testicles. <laughs> There's just one, and it's like hanging from the bottom of a, like a soap shelf. Mm-hmm. It says corporate tunnel. Corporate. Let's see what this website is. It's from corporatetunnelsyndrome.com. Testicle ball pit, and it's like yeah, but it's not really. That's not what it is. Oh, it's like multicolored testicles on the bottom of little wall-mounted mm. stands. Okay. It's like truck nuts, but for your walls. Yeah. Yeah. So if you don't if you don't hate truck nuts already. Yeah. At, at, at work, we have these, uh, the, these Ikea, um, like, coat hanger things. They're, like, mm-hmm. rubber, and they mount to the walls. And, you know, it's like the hindquarters of a dog. Like, the tail is the, is the coat hanger. Section. Sure, but the problem is the tail is up, so it's a dog that's, that's presenting itself. Yeah, it's it's a dog butt. Yes. Hole. Yes. Yeah, that's gross. That seems like something that you would order from a Sky Mall catalog. Cool. Yeah, I know, right? Well, I didn't. Yeah. I, I I didn't decorate the place. No, no. Well, when I say you, I mean one. It's something one, one okay. would order from a Sky Mall catalog. Yeah, but it's sold in the kids section of that store, so hmm. you know. Let's say yeah, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Remember, like, I can't remember if I've ever ranted to you about this or talked to you about how much I dislike IKEA. I think you have. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm in. I'm in apartment decorating mode. I'm gonna mm-hmm. buy some new furniture um, and everything. Right. Buy a new place, and every time I mention that to anyone, it's like going to IKEA, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, like IKEA isn't the only place to buy furniture. You know, 
Yeah. Like, well, I mean, if I like, I, so I don't, I don't like nice furniture. I'm not going to buy nice furniture. Right. But I also like, I would rather buy something that has been used before that was once nice mm-hmm. for the same price as an IKEA thing. Right. But I'm really into this like made of wood thing. <laughs> I like to things that are not made of wood, and nothing from a, IKEA is made of actual wood. It's all this weird, you know, particle board composites. Yeah, composite yeah. particle board stuff, and it just falls apart, and yeah. I don't know. I mean, I say this, you know, like, I I, I own plenty of Ikea furniture, mm-hmm. you know? Like, my bed is, you know, Ikea. TV stand is actually really good quality. It's from Ikea, um, you know? There, 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 there is good stuff there, but, like, by by and large, like, this desk is mostly hollow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Like I'm, I'm not, you know, it's not like there's nothing... Nothing good there. But then, like, right. they're always out by airports. They're going to be a big pain in the ass to mm-hmm. get to. You assemble it yourself. You have that, like, kind of shopping experience. Like, I feel like everything – stores shouldn't get away with that. But everything that's terrible about, about Ikea, they've kind of tricked people into being into. Right. You know, like, people like that about it. Like, oh, I'm going to make a trip. It's way out in the middle of no, no fucking nowhere. It'll be great. We'll make a day of it. And it's like, no, why would you deal with that? You wouldn't deal with that from a Target. No. You know, and then uh, – you know, oh, you get to make it yourself, and you shop by, based on these little like number, you know, this coded like number system thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it just very it seems very un- unfriendly and and frustrating to me. And but everyone loves it. But there's a cafeteria. Like, <laughs> yeah, the cafeteria is fine, and it's really cheap. Yeah, like I, I, I'll, I'll eat some meatballs. Yeah, their their um, their breakfast is actually a really good deal. It's like two bucks for powdered eggs and bacon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they have you can get like Glorg. Or one of those, like, Swedish... Glorg. Yeah, there's, like, a Swedish, like, drink you can get, like, a Christmas drink they have, like, Glorg. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, a, it's like what was it, like, Pepsi Spice? It's a little bit like the Holiday Spice Pepsi, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I can't remember what it's called, like, Glug, Glug. It might be, like, GL Umlaut UG. Oh, it's not, it's a Swedish onomatopoeia for Glug, Glug, Glug. Yeah, essentially. What is yeah. the, uh, let me just, uh, Google Ikea drink. Mm-hmm. Um, not but a drink dispenser. The 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 lingonberry the lingonberry uh, juice is good. Yeah, I, I love a, a lingonberry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Swedish food. Um, yeah, there's a place uh, in yeah. This is not doing anything for me around yeah. Christmas. Like maybe it was so sweet. Uh, it's gonna bother me if I don't. Let's drink. Glog. Okay. Yeah, it's uh. There's also. Um, yeah, Glog or uh, Joel Must, but that's not what I saw at. Uh... Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't that close, that different than Glug. It's G L U M L O T O G G. But yeah, they sell it. Uh, sell it at IKEA. Yeah. yeah, yeah. See, for me, like the the, the the IKEA is in Cincinnati. Like Ohio's IKEA is here, so it's never been more than a twenty minute drive from me. Mm. And it yeah. came here right when I was coming to college, so it's like, oh, it's a place where you go to get furniture you don't really care about. Yeah, it's good. It's good for college students. Yeah, and yeah. you know, like just like I said, most of my stuff is furnished from that because it's cheap bookshelves and everything. Blah. Yeah, I don't know. I I I don't mean to be an apologist for it. No, I mean, you 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 have whatever. What you think of IKEA is between you and your god. <laughs> like it, it doesn't. Uh, yeah, that it doesn't bother me at all. I've never well, found a book a price on a bookshelf there that is not better than a price I found for like a nice wooden bookshelf at like a thrift store. Oh yeah. Like you see my bookshelves, like I have mm-hmm. one that's like real nice, and then two of them that are decent, and yep. one that's like got inhuman weird dimensions. That was probably homemade <laughs> at some point, but yep. uh, it's you know, all of which are like really sturdy, and mm-hmm. I re- I would rather look at them than. I also I, I also like uniformity, so. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's that, that, that that's my cross to bear. Uh, the shopping experience at Ikea is always a nightmare, though. Like, actually going into yeah. the showroom, like, walking through it. Like, my family loves it. Every time they come down, they want to go to Ikea. Mm. And it was cute the first couple of times, but now it's, like, every time. And it's like, we're going to walk through and see the same stuff that we've seen every single time. Yeah. Except we're going to be surrounded by all these crowds in this labyrinthian building that is impossible to escape from. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. And just huge. Mm-hmm. It's like shopping is a bewildering nightmare. Like I, I find an Ikea more stressful than I do a Walmart or a Target. Yeah. And I get stressed out in a Walmart or Target if I'm by myself. Mm-hmm. So. You ever been into a Costco? Yeah. Yeah, that is the, yeah. The, like that is even more stressful than Ikea for me. Yeah, Costco's are rough. Yeah. The nice thing about IKEA is that you can actually like if you know the bin number of what you're going for, like if you've you know done research and you're like, I want this particular desktop, I want the you know these these particular things. You just print out a list and it actually puts it in order of where you go to the self serve, so you don't even have to go through that junk garbage. I, I feel if you're going to through that much prep work though, mm-hmm. you should just order things online. Yeah, yeah, but like then you pay it, exorbitant shipping and stuff, you know. Sometimes, like depending on like where you get it from, mm-hmm. everything like the because uh, I mean part of the the like when I say it like takes everything that's negative about it and made people like it like mm-hmm. part of if I'm gonna go shop for anytime I'm shopping for something in a real store the only reason I'm doing it is because I want the thing quickly or I want to look at it before I get it right you know mm-hmm. and if you kind of do research online like you can't really get the same same idea true you know like everywhere I've done I've done ordered like furniture from like Amazon or through like a Target or something like that and had decent shipping like they have these weird shipping price breaks right you know yeah yeah. I mean, it's, it's fine. The, yeah, uh, it just kind of. It's. I've just been hearing it a lot lately. Yeah, yeah. It just if you if you put your ear to the ground, you always hear it. Like most of our office furniture is from IKEA, and so there's always like we're making an IKEA run. Do you need a chair? It's like no. Nope. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and we're getting a new space, so it's it's you know resuming and repeating over and over again. Yeah. <laughs>